0: Hey guys, Danny Keen here. Thank you for checking out my Star Splitter podcast, a collection of science fiction short stories. Today's episode involves two telepaths battling to the death and the nature of freedom. Please check out the Star Splitter Patreon page to support us on our journey. Thank you. Mind Splitter. The door banged open, and the two Arnesian guards led me into a featureless gray room with a camera in one corner, a table, and two chairs, and a two-way mirror that covered one wall. The male guard pulled me into one of the shiny seats and attached my cuffs to a ring installed in the center of the table. Agent Gia will be with you shortly, the female guard said, and they both slammed the door shut behind them. I sat back straight. Sweaty palms face down on the icy surface of the table. I felt my heartbeat in my fingertips. I forced a deep breath and told myself that this would all work out. But I knew what they had asked from me. That Arnesians would ask for the location of the rebel base. Of course, I couldn't, wouldn't give it to the dictatorship. But there was much more to this situation than revealing my secrets. Before I'd left to traverse the wastes of the new Martian desert, my wife had worried. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you need to leave? She'd placed a hand on her swelling belly. We worry. I'll be fine, I'd said. I'd kissed her stomach, and the little one inside. I'll be back sooner than you. My reverie was cut off by the door banging open. I quickly bury my memories with a scene of the craggy cliffs of New Mars. A tall woman, dressed in a flawless white tailored Arnesian dress and heels clacked in. She'd pulled her kinky black hair in a large ponytail. A few ringlets bounced over her smooth, dark forehead. Hello, she said in a soft Arnesian accent. A file plopped on the table between us, and she sat demurely across from me, legs crossed. For a moment, she stared into my eyes. I felt tendrils of her mind begin to probe into my consciousness, like the shy arms of an octopus. She was a telepath, and a strong one at that. I had never seen other telepaths bypass the device on my temple and probe the mind behind it. Despite the dampener, I did my best to block her from my thoughts. Stop resisting, she said. But when I didn't, she finally smirked, and the tendrils vanished. With a sigh, Agent Gia flipped her file open and eyed its contents. Says here, a hoverbird ship found you in New Mars Wasteland. What? Are Arnesian pilots a little too fast for your telepathy? I stare at her. Agent Gia closes the folder. I... We know who you are. We've chronicled your appearance on many raids in the past few months. Ordinarily, we'd kill you on the spot for treachery to Arnesia, but... She paused, her full lips curling again. We need the location of the Rebels' headquarters. And as a powerful telepath, you'd know its location, even if the leaders didn't want you to. I said nothing, clenching my hands into fists. I'm going to ask you nicely this once, she said. Agent Gia leaned toward me, her hands open to the sky. Where is your army? I swallowed and still said nothing. If you comply, I can guarantee your wife's safety. And your unborn child. Acid burns through my stomach. No. She'd must have read my thoughts before entering the room. How could I have been so stupid? Agent Gia's eyes flash and she smiles. I'm a level 9 telepath. There is nothing you can hide from me. If you don't tell me, I'll break you and take the information out of you by force. You do know what I mean by break, correct? Agent Gia was the most potent known type of telepath. When a high-level telepath breaks a person's mind, that person goes completely vegetative. Brain dead. Every crevice of the victim's mind is laid open to the telepath's probes. The waterfall of thoughts that normally would resist assault with their turbid surge would subside into a still, clear pond that lays bare every secret and cannot exert even the slightest effort to fight back. My white-knuckled fists ached, so I relaxed and stretched my fingers, letting in more circulation. Agent G awaited, searching my face. Very well, she said. She sat up straight like a Greek goddess, placed her palms down, and closed her eyes. I mimicked her posture and readied myself for her attack. Gia's tendrils touched and probed the barrier of my mind for a moment. But I didn't give her time. I pulled her into myself. We plunged into a mental world, sinking deeper and deeper into myself. The room, the fluorescent lighting, and Gia faded away. Suddenly, I stood at the top of a tropical waterfall. The mist rose from the roaring river painting the air with rainbows that sparkled in the midday sun's light. Birds screamed and swirled in swarms that glided and danced like a school of fish in the ocean. Across the gray, pebbly ground, Agent Gia stood, studying her surroundings. An image of my wife walked across the pebbles and kissed a thirty-something man with short, cropped blonde hair and blue eyes. I watched the memory of myself and my wife with a smile. Gia's eyes narrowed. Why are you showing me this? I'm showing you what I'm fighting for, I said. My past self touched my wife's belly gently and laughed at something she whispered to me. Agent Gia snarled, a spear materialized in her hand, and in one fluid motion she flung the weapon at my heart. I changed the mindscape. The landscape swirled and changed, morphing into a landscape of volcanic rock and swirling clouds. Immense mountains glared in the distance with ice capping their black crowns. The spear whizzed by me and dissolved into the unfamiliar landscape. Agent Gia studied the scene before marching toward me. Join us, Agent Gia. The Arnesian government has trampled on us long enough. When will we be able to have the freedom to bear our children? When will they allow us to rear up our children as we see fit? Gia glared at me, a sword materializing in her grip. She swung at my head. Quickly, I formed two knives and blocked her. Steel clanged on steel. Sparks flew. Agent Gia slashed and cut like a deadly dancer, each movement perfect and efficient. My knives lengthened into short swords and I met each of her blows. Gia twirled and slashed at my leg. With a crash, I blocked and swung at her neck with my free blade. Gia leaped away just in time and stabbed at my chest. I leaned back, but her blade still sliced through the thin layer of skin, sending a sliver of agony through my brain. In the real world, I knew that my nose was probably beginning to bleed. Dread formed in my ribcage. She was fast. Too fast. Gia wasted no time in her minor victory. She attacked with renewed vigor, slashing at me from every direction. I blocked and parried, stepping back. A little wet rock wobbled under me, and I slipped. Gia roared and pounced on top of me, swinging her blade toward my throat. On instinct, I changed the mind world again. The air swirled, tearing Gia off of me enough, Gia said. She raised her free hand and hovered in the tornado. I rise with a thought and face her in the air. I raise my hand toward her and she matches my actions. Blue, green and red energy begin to ball, bunch and grow between us. Mind on mind, will against will. Pain rockets through my being, forcing tears to my eyes. Gia's mind felt like a sword cutting through my thoughts. But I don't stop exerting my will, I yell, and Gia screams, and we suddenly fall into an arctic waste. A moon beamed over us, shading the snow a silver-blue color. No mountains or peaks were in sight. The flat, white terrain went on and on into the twilight-like blueness. Gia lay on her back. She shook her head and looked around her eyes widening. She got to her feet and brushed herself off as a chilly breeze tore some hair free of her ponytail and whipped it across her face. What level are you? She asked. I ignored the question. Gia needed to hear me out and I didn't think she would give me much of a chance to speak. She was powerful and I was running out of time. If you joined us, You'd be fighting for the freedom to choose the life you see fit. You'd be able to choose your religion, your family, and the world you settled on, I said. Humans don't deserve a choice, Gia said. We are angry, violent, selfish creatures that must be herded like sheep to maintain order. She charged. A spear appeared in her hand. She threw it and followed it with another, and another, and another... The projectiles whizzed past my head. I made a scimitar and whacked a few of them out of the air, but I wasn't fast enough. A spear dove into my shoulder, hitting bone. I dropped my weapon and fell to my knees, overwhelmed by the pain. Gia leaped on top of me and dug her claws into my throat. The facade of calm she had kept fell away, and she snarled. "'You rebels just cause pain and suffering.' Peace is all my mother wanted, but did you leave her to have it? No, your people killed her like a dog in the name of so-called freedom. I gripped her hands and tried to pry them off my throat. The rebels don't kill citizens. She must have been in the wrong place at the wrong time, I said, croaking. I'm sorry. Gia leaned into my face, her breath hot on my cheek. So no matter what you people try to say... I'll never join you. You might be right about freedom in principle, but we do not live in a perfect world. It is too dangerous to have a choice. It is better to live in peace with comfort and order. My vision began to flicker. I gripped Gia's fingers and pulled. Gia's eyes burned into mine and she tightened her grip. When I'm done with you, I'll rip the location from you. And your little family will be the first to die. Then you'll know the pain I felt. I stopped, struggling, and looked into Gia's eyes. A fire blazed within me like thousands of stars had gone supernova at once. She seemed so confident, so angry and powerful. But she must have noticed the change in my face because her eyes widened a little. My hands opened and I ripped Gita off me with a thought. She floated a few feet off the frozen ground. She screamed. What? How? I stood and faced her, rubbing my neck. To answer your question, I am a level 10 telepath. When they tested me, I only revealed a portion of my power so they would give me a mental dampener for a level 8. I let myself be taken so that I could talk to you the most powerful telepath of Arnesia. We could have really used you. The blood drained from Gia's face and she stopped struggling. No, she said. Level 10s don't exist. I am the first of my kind. Instead of you breaking me, I'll break you. I tried to be merciful. I tried to give you a chance, but you've given me no choice. I will protect my family, faith, and home at all costs. Arnesia will not stop me, and neither will you. I raised my hand, then paused. But know this, I never knew the location of the rebel base, because they moved it after I left. When I break you, I'll take every shred of information that you know about Arnesia, and I'll make this nation crumble. Let that be the last thing you think about, you bitter bitch. I twitched my hand, and her neck snapped sideways. In the real world, behind the fake mirror, Agent Sargon watched Agent Gia's body stiffen. She jerked and twitched. Her face was full of horror and fear. She fell face down on the table with a bang. Blood spilled out of her orifices, pooled on the table, and streamed onto the floor. It had taken the telepath 30 seconds to kill Sargon's top agent. The rebel opened his eyes and looked at Gia sadly before turning to look directly at Sargon through the glass. He couldn't have seen Sargon through the double mirror, but he must have sensed him with his mind. But that's impossible. The dampener incapacitated the average telepath. Sargon numbly walked to the door. He opened it and hurriedly unlocked the telepath's handcuffs and deactivated the dampener. What was he doing? He tried to stop himself, but his body moved on its own. Why was he... Oh. A river of panic roared into Sargon's thoughts. The telepath was controlling him. The rebel stood and led the way back into the hall. He looked at Sargon, and a sharp pain exploded in his brain. He screamed and held his head in his hands. The last thing he remembered before losing consciousness was the telepath walking down the hall, parting the charging group of soldiers with a thought. Thanks for listening to this episode of Starsplitter. See you next time.